Welcome to the Sunday edition of the PFF Forecast. It is April 17th. This is Easter. I found out that it was Easter like on fr- on Good Friday, I should say. Um, meanwhile, my co-host Eric is fresh off of uh, what I'm hearing is a spirited Easter egg hunt and a homily that I'm looking to get uh, a download from because I didn't didn't have one uh, for myself. So um, it's going to be a great uh, episode. In addition to all of that non-football stuff, we're going to talk uh, NFC East win totals, talk a little Baker Mayfield, a little Stephon Gilmore, a little USFL because Eric is over here sweating out some games and uh, it's been a little bit of a roller coaster so far. And we're going to address some of the uh, the hatred, the slander that's come through. We talked about Derek Carr last week and uh, you guys had some, some thoughts. So we're going to talk about all those things. Great episode. Let's rock. I need, I need, I need my daily dose. I need uh, my daily um, for my brother in Christ, Eric Eager. You attended, you attended the whole Easter festivities. Give me the highlights. Yeah, man. I well, I gotta say, I did not go to Good Friday service. Uh oh. Um, maybe that's why the uh, New Jersey Generals took a seven-point lead and then failed to cover three and a half last mm-hmm. night. I don't know. Um, I did go this morning. Um, and the game was supposed to start at 11 central, the USFL game, but then there was rain and lightning. So it started actually at 12 central. So that maybe was God's way of saying, Hey, thank you for going to church. I don't know. I'm not, maybe. A, I'm not a legal Perhaps. or, or, uh, uh, theological scholar here. Um, but yeah, I did go to church today. I did not take communion because I am not part of the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod. So I'm the one member of the family that sits out. The black I, I sheep. take the kids. You are the black during- sheep. You were the prodigal son. During communion, um, you can't see my hands spread out here, but during communion, my hands are, my arms are spread out to keep all 11 children in this family mm. uh, in the pew while the adults get their, their daily bread. You, um, so you're, you're so the big was, guy. You're the something. big guy at the kids um, table. <laughs> and we went, we went bowling last night. I showed you a little picture yep. of my, the, the secret handshake that my daughter and I had uh, as I bowled a one eleven. Um, in my only game, look at um, you. Did you have some and, bets? Did you have some, uh, yeah, some my, family? Bets my daughter Chloe. Uh, I was talking some mad shit, and my daughter Chloe first first uh, frame was like, "Dad, you suck," and I was like, "Okay." And I went down and rolled the strike the first time, like literally mm. the first time my kids have ever seen me bowl. And then my my daughter running around the rest of the time says, "My dad's really good at bowling, but I, like my kids don't know the sample sizes yet, uh, for sure." Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I can't remember what the homily was. They're not called homilies they're called sermons. Oh, sorry. Um, My bad. So, and, and I know, and like, look, I watched the John Mulaney special too. What, when, when they said, cause I don't go to like a, um, what do they call it? Liturgical church when I go. So like when they said, bless, you know, bless be you. And like, I almost said, and with your spirit, cause I had, mm. I watched that special. Mm-hmm. But it's also with you still in the Lutheran church. So like, yeah. look, I almost had I'd fit in perfectly. Today. I'd fit in perfectly. You, I'm so used to saying, uh, and also with you instead of yeah, with yeah, your spirit. Yeah. But you the, can imagine with your spirit, somebody with a booming voice like me. Right. If they you really stick out. In the liturgy, it, 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 it counts. 
So I, I think I was 100%. I got a PFF grade of like 89.1 at Church okay. today. The only problem was your your uh, your faux pas there. The end with your spirit thing is really special. <laughs> need to need to leverage that a little bit more in in our common vernacular. I don't know if uh, I'm going to bear the brunt of your Good Friday sins here. I currently am sweating Brooklyn money line. Um, they were underdogs in this game against the Boston Celtics, which I think is uh, obviously I did not agree with. And um, they're currently down three. They were down like ten. Uh, I don't know, like before we, we press play on this podcast, um, I won't, I won't, uh, force you through my hypothesis building here, but suffice it to say that I am all in on Ramadan Kyrie and, um, I'm all in on, uh, retribution in Boston, especially cause they don't have like their best defensive big man. Anyways, I, I ended up giving you my hypothesis there. We'll, so. we'll see how that goes. I'm with you. I'm co-laboring with you as I Thank said you. in a text message today. Um, on that what's bet. what's your uh what's your usfl uh situation like right now um yeah so right now i have unders in both games uh not yeah. a much, not a lot of closing line value there because well ben brown has closing line value because he has some markets that weren't available to me um early in the week and those numbers from open on fox better down like 12 points so if you got early like your unders or cinches mm-hmm. um i have unders and then i have a little bit uh, of a teaser, I have um, the Philadelphia Stars up to eight, up to eight and a half. Uh, and then I have that teased with our Tampa Bay Bandits, who are somehow six-point favorites in a game that between teams that we've never seen before, which I think is egregious. That thing opened at one and a half. It was three and a half the other day. Now it's six. Um, mm-hmm. So I teased them down to zero. I also have the underdog in that game, plus five and a half, plus six. So, like, I'm kind of trying to hit a bunch of middles here. These games are low-scoring. The the rules are helping some scoring happen. So the kickoffs are from the 25. So, you know, teams, you, there are returns and they're all the way out to like the 35 in a lot of cases. But the, the sticky wicket here is you can return the ball out to the 35. You get one first down and punt. Then we're back to bad field position again. And like these quarterbacks, man, are horrendous. There have been four teams that have played so far and eight quarterbacks have played. So every single team has gone to quarterback two. Paxton Lynch today had maybe one of the worst interceptions I've ever seen in relief of Shea Patterson. Um, Stunned. So, you know, Jeff Fisher's Absolutely team shocked. lost, by the way. They're 0-1, so God knows they're going to finish 5-4. and four You know what year. that means. You know what that means. Next week, an absolute stone-cold lock is that Jeff Fisher is getting a W. Exactly. So, it, it's been like, look, it's football. It's entertaining. I know there were a lot of fans in the stands night one. There were hardly any fans in the stands today, so... Uh, you know, I, it, our friend you know Jack funny? Collinsworth was on the call. Um, I I turned it on um, briefly today, and uh, partially because uh, of what you just mentioned, Jack is calling the USFL games, and I was really excited to hear him on the call. Um, almost more, actually, more so, honestly, than seeing the play on the field. And when I when I turned it on, they were showing the stadium, and I was like, because you know they're playing them all in Birmingham, right? And I was like, wait. Is this? Are they not allowing fans in the stands? Like, because there was no one, literally no one there, and I was like, they must not be allowing fans in the stands, and that kind of makes sense. Who the hell wants to actually go to one of these well, games? I think charitably, it's Easter Sunday, and there was a lightning storm that caused the game to be delayed an hour. So, I I think if I so you're not worried. Look, I I think it's probably the other <laughs> thing. I think it's probably the other thing which no one wants to go, and like that. You know, like, let's be honest, that's probably the likely outcome. 
but maybe 25% of my prior is concentrated on it's Easter. There was a lightning storm and they delayed the, they delayed every game by an hour. So these, Mm -hmm. these next games that are coming up are at five Eastern and then eight Eastern um, on Easter Sunday. So we'll see if, if folks want to go out, but um, it was a curious uh, sort of choice by the league to start this late in the off season. Um, I actually don't hate it. Right. Cause I think um, the first two alt leagues, AAF and XFL started the week after the Super Bowl, And I think, you know, our, our like angst for football is built up a little bit more than maybe the continuation from the NFL kept us there during the other two, but we'll see. I, like I said, I don't, the, the product's never going to be that good, but the money is still green. This is true. Also, the fact that it's in one place, like I don't think people are traveling to watch USFL games. So the people in Birmingham, bless, bless, blessed be their spirit. Um, I don't think they're, ma- I, don't, I don't know if they went to the first, first night and were like, you know what? Easter is cool, but you know, it's even cooler. More of this shit. Um, probably not. I'm just going to go ahead and guess there. And if people are traveling for the USFL, I'm sorry, more power to you. Okay. Let's, um, l- let's start with uh, a little NFC East here. And we do want to talk about, um, you know, a little bit of the Baker Mayfield stuff, um, a little Stephon Gilmore, and we'll get to the slanderous nature of your your Derek Carr um, Raiders commentary from last week. But let's start with the NFC East, and we're going to go over the win totals, talk about whether we want to go over or under there. A brief reminder, um, if you want all the things... We're going to talk, drop a lot of data as we talk about these guys, all that great stuff that we use, the quarterback annual, uh, player depth charts, player grades, player data, um, all the articles we cite. Those can all be yours on PFF.com right now for 50% off an elite annual subscription. That is with code DRAFT50. And the beautiful thing about that is not only do you get all of those awesome things, but it will also give you access to everything that PFF has for next season, all the fantasy tools, all the betting tools, and all the improvements that are coming your way. So make sure that you leverage that before the draft happens so you can be ready to rock there. That is promo code DRAFT50 for 50% off. Uh, It's less than eight bucks a freaking month. Um, You're going to wager like, you know, 50x that on the usfl so we're now in to this is the last division um and then we'll have hit on all of the divisions um we've talked about the nfc's but we haven't really like actually decided uh where our leans are on the nfc east and gosh i think all of these teams are somewhat interesting and i think we should save the cowboys for last so let's start with a team that um, after abandoning the Falcons, getting rid of them as our bird of choice, we have picked a new team uh, on both the AFC and NFC side. And our NFC yeah, team is the Philadelphia Eagles. They're just a season, just a season after potentially having one of the worst teams in the NFL. Their win total, Eric, is eight and a half, minus 110 to yeah, both I'm, sides. I'm like unashamedly pro Eagles just because obviously one of our interns, Zach Draft. Ken went there uh, right after his internship with us. Uh, so we root for people around here. Uh, Jalen Hurts, great story. Nick Sirianni seems to have overcome a lot of the doubts that we had about him, uh, which I think is a great story. We make the Eagles 8.8 wins. So I think over is the only play uh, in that regard. They were a team, I think, you know, has has a lot of things going for it right now, right? They 
they had a cap kind of difficulty. Um, they get kind of bailed out by Jalen Hurts being a competent quarterback. By the way, like to all the people, and we're going to talk about the Derek Carr stuff again, like we're not suggesting you need a quarterback as good as Derek Carr, right? We're suggesting you need a quarterback as good as Jalen Hurts on a, on a rookie deal. Like that's a different bar, but the, there's two variables there. How good the quarterback is is only mm-hmm. one of the mm-hmm. two variables, right? And, and so, um, you know, Hurts making a second-round pick money. Um, you know, the, I, I think about this team and I think about what it's had to go through recently. You know, you had the firing of Doug Peterson. You have the, the draft pick of Jalen Rager ahead of Justin Jefferson and the Vikings laughing at that pick in the war room. Eagles, by the way, making it to the playoffs more times since that that, that blunder, by the way, than the Vikings. Um, so it shows like sort of how much the whole thing matters. Um, last season, this was a team that changed their identity about halfway through the year, right? Like halfway through the year, they were not running the football to any running mm-hmm. backs, right? It was Jalen Hurts running the football. It was Jalen Hurts throwing the football. And they were struggling. The defense was one of the most or the least imaginative defenses in the NFL. They didn't stunt very much. They didn't uh, disguise coverages very much. They didn't run a ton of man defense. Like they were very vanilla. And then ultimately what what ended up happening was Jalen Hurts competence, really good line play, both on offense and defense. And then an easy schedule. Let's really be honest here. An easy schedule sort of put them in nine win territory. To the point where in the first round of the playoffs, they were nine and a half point underdogs to Tampa Bay and a very sharp group was betting the Eagles. And that's why that number got down to seven and a half. Um, they're, they're a team that if, you know, if your betting models include mismatches in the front seven in both, both sides of the ball, you're going to like this team. Um, and, and so uh, I, I really, I, I think this is going to be an interesting one this year because they still have an easy schedule Um Sirianni's going to have a year, uh, you know, more uh, to his credit. And they have two first-round picks. So they have an opportunity to pull in two more high-impact players uh, right away. Yeah. They're all the things that you mentioned that the, are, are completely true. There are a couple of things that, that I'm not sure – that make me want to be positive. But I'm not sure if um, I should be positive about them. So let's think about Jalen Hurts here for a second. Jalen Hurts in the regular season last year was the 10th highest graded quarterback in the NFL. Okay. And that is with accuracy throwing the football that, especially down the football field, um, was well below average. But his accuracy, throwing the ball 20 yards uh, fewer than 20 yards down the football field was above average and i think that's something that you know we saw that in college he was an accurate quarterback and that is borne out in his grade now throwing the ball down the football field was a nightmare i don't think they had anyone on the team that could go down the football field and that to me is the real issue i would love if if they brought in jameson williams that would be that would be amazing. And, and that would be one of the things that I'd be looking for if they get a deep threat to go along with Devontae Smith, who, by the way, top 25 graded wide receiver last year, you, I think, should be very um, bullish on their offense. Jordan Mailata came in, played yeah. left tackle, graded extremely well, 80 PFF grade. To your, to your point, 
they have a well above average offensive and defensive line. Darius Slay, top five graded corner last year. Like you look across this team, it shouldn't be surprising that even though they picked Jalen Rager, who was really bad, they made the playoffs more than, than, than the Vikings because they have been able to leverage the fact that they're not paying Jalen Hurts anything to go out and, and spend money on the line at valuable positions in the defensive backfield and um, at wide receiver. So it, to me, there is a lot of opportunity there. I am a little worried about some regression from Jalen Hurts, and I'll, I'll tell you the, the area that that is. He made a big improvement last year, about four percentage points in percentage of, of pressure dropbacks taking a sack. That was a big issue for him uh, the year before. He held on the ball longer than any other quarterback in the NFL. He cut that down a little bit this past year, but it's something that worries me given how much he holds onto the ball, how long he holds on for, about 3.2 seconds uh, on average. But here's the biggest thing, and here's the reason I'm going over. Their biggest rival in this division is the Dallas Cowboys. You know what the Dallas Cowboys have going against them once again, Eric? Once again, what do they have going against them? Two really big issues. The first is their their owner wants to get rid of their coach. The players, I don't think, really like the coach. Going back to um, uh, hard knocks, I just did not get the vibe that Dak Prescott likes Mike McCarthy. It's just not there. The Eagles love Nick Sirianni. And here's the other thing. Their quarterback, they're paying Dak Prescott. They had to get rid of Amari Cooper. The Eagles are going to go acquire more talent, play an easier schedule. It, yeah. Eric, it doesn't shock me. No, it's not shocking. Um, the NFC I would here. say, you know, the big thing for them, and like the Jameson Williams thing, unfortunately, you know, when you look at, um, I, I made a couple pretty heavy sized wagers this week on five to one for every first wide receiver taken. It's now like two to one, maybe even like plus one fifty at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Williams is probably not going to go to them and they're not a trade up team, you know? So I, I get a little bit worried there, but they're going to get some sort of like, look, if you look you at the roster, they need you never know. a safety, which at this point, Kyle Hamilton could fall to them. Right. They need a cornerback and you're going to, you know, you're going to get mm -hmm. some combination again, you know, you're going to play the pigeonhole principle with some of these draft picks. You're going to get some combination of Derek Stingley, Trent McDuffie. Like, you're going to get some corner that's actually got a pulse there at that at that spot in all likelihood. Um, and then you also need edge because they, they went and got Hassan Reddick from the Carolina Panthers drafted by the Arizona Cardinals out of Temple, which is in Philly. That's, like, kind of the connection there. Um, you have Fletcher Cox. You have uh, Brandon Graham. Javon Hargrave, you still need some youth there. I know they have Josh Sweat and um, I'm trying to think of the Derek Barnett, I believe, is still there. I can't remember exactly if he's still there. Don't quote me on that. But, like, mm -hmm. they need high-end edge play as well. And, again, it's the pigeonhole thing. One of those good – like, somebody at one of those premium positions is going to fall to them by, by just a numbers game. So, I think they're at a good spot there. They also got an interesting acquisition, I think, for this offense. Zach Pascal, who is a bigger slot receiver – um has never really has had moments triangle. but i think he's gonna be more like their blocking like robert woods type and i wonder if he'll have success in this offense because that's where he's slated to go mm -hmm. opposite goddard there at the tight end spot with Ertz now uh you know uh long gone yeah um yes look as i look at their roster i think you 
detailed this pretty well, right? They have some areas that they can address in the draft that they need. There, there's also, as you think about the, the wide receiver, um, like both Pascal and Rager are graded miserably last year. I think Rager, like you've kind of got to punt on that project at this point. Um, you know, they're, they're, I know OBJ is still out there. I think that would be really interesting if, you know, if they don't, um, if they're unable to get uh, a, a deep threat receiver. Um, apparently his ACL, this ACL is healing a lot better than the one in Cleveland, which I guess did not go super well. Um, that could be interesting. Um, but I think all those points are, are correct. And I, 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 there's just, I just have a feeling that yeah. we're, the Dallas Cowboys well, are not we, running Should away we just discuss the their number now? You just get that I know feeling, you wanted to right? say them last and week. Like, when you look at the odds to win this division, no, no, Dallas open bigger let's do them favorites now. in this. But right now, they're minus 115, right? And the hard part is, no other team in this division, the team we just talked about, who it appears to be strong, the Eagles, are 3-1. to one. Washington football team are 9-2. to two. Giants are 13-2. to two. Mm-hmm. The market is basically saying, we don't know who's going to capitalize on it, but we think the we think the Dallas Cowboys are gonna fuck up, right? That's what it, that's what this is saying. Like, there's basically an mm-hmm. even money chance yeah. that the Dallas Cowboys are gonna screw up this division, right? And I gotta say, George, I I, I don't disagree. Like, I like look. There are people, you know, we we've worked with Dallas very closely in the past. Like, you know, they're I don't think they're a dumb organization by any stretch. Uh, they, they have smart people working there. I actually think, and this is maybe like, you might disagree with me, but I think when we compare, when we say things about Mike McCarthy, we're relating him to other Super Bowl caliber coaches, right? Relative to the average NFL coach, Mike McCarthy's mm-hmm. fine. Do you agree with that? So like, that's where I get a little. Yeah, yeah, so sure. I don't think McCarthy is kind of like McCarthy's not Jason Garrett, right? <laughs> he's not uh, Joe Judge. He's not, yep. um, you know, even Cliff Kingsbury. I think I think McCarthy's better than Cliff Kingsbury, but he's not that sort of. He's not Andy Reid or anywhere close to Andy Reid. He's not Sean McVay, and I think that that's where people get disappointed because he's a guy who's won a Super Bowl before. And he, he's a guy that at times, I think, pushed the buttons at that caliber. He's just not that anymore. And then you look at where they are as a team. You know, you have a lot of weak links there. You have, you know, Zeke as the running back. Um, interestingly, in something like the league still views Zeke as pretty good. Like teams, you know, bite on play action to Zeke, I think, a little bit uh, and not on Tony Pollard. But like that's a weak link. They have James Washington, who, uh, by the way, there's a guy named James Washington that ran a fumble back for a touchdown in a in, as a cowboy in the Super Bowl like 25 years ago, 35 years ago. Um, but, um, but they don't have a third receiver right now. Um, you look at the secondary; like they're very, very weak at cornerback, right? With with Diggs, uh, Jordan Lewis, and Anthony Brown. Um, you know, at the defensive line now they're going with Dante Fowler. Um, as opposed to having Randy Gregory there. So there's so many weak links. And then there's also just a lack of depth. And like, I think that that's why the market is saying, look, this is the best team in the NFC East. You know, I don't think that there's really a question about that from an expectation standpoint, but
But from a variance standpoint, this team, it's a very wide distribution of outcomes. There are two things that concern me uh, about the Dallas Cowboys offense. The first is that I think people forget maybe how good Amari Cooper is. Um, he's one of the five best route runners in the NFL. He's fast. Um, and if you remember, if you go back and you look at Dak Prescott before he had Amari Cooper, it was not super pretty. Now, they have CeeDee Lamb, they have Michael Gallup, but that is an unknown. CeeDee Lamb has essentially played in an offense where, you know, Amari Cooper, a very, very good wide receiver is also on the field with him. And this will be an adjustment, right? Um, Dak Prescott loves throwing the ball to CeeDee Lamb, so I'm not worried about that, but it will be a difference, right? He was his most targeted player against the Blitz. Um, interestingly in, in the red zone, Amari Cooper was his favorite target and Dak Prescott, um, threw the ball really well down the football field last year. The guy getting down the football field a lot of the time is, and getting open is Amari Cooper. And so that'll be interesting. Here's the other thing, the offensive line, you've got, you've got some questions there. You know, you still have Zach Martin, who's amazing at right guard, but you have Terrence Steele right now over at right tackle. You have Tyron Smith at left tackle, who when he plays, plays really well. But like consistently is a guy that is going to, you know, he's he's not going to play the full complement of snaps in during the season. Um, and they have some weaknesses across the other um the other positions. So that combined with the fact that they're paying Dak Prescott a huge salary, they're paying Zeke Elliott a huge salary. And then you look at the defense, and yeah, they, Micah Parsons was amazing last year. But Trayvon Diggs, are you going to bank on him having that many interceptions again this year? Because if you are, I would love to take your money. <laughs> um, his PFF grade, you know, 58.5. Why is that? Because when he wasn't catching interceptions, he was getting absolutely toasted. Go watch the games. And that's a problem. Um, and all of those problems are problems that are going to come against a schedule of a first place team where the Eagles are not going to have to face that kind of a schedule. 10 and a half. I know under is juiced minus 115. Um, and I know like, you know, a lot of people could see them winning 11 games. I get it. This is a 10, 9, 10, win we team. make it 9.77. So we put them at 44.7% to make the division. So, you know, probably not enough. Um, to I mean Eagle so we had Philadelphia by the way at twenty five percent which is right at three to one which is right where the market is um, so I think we're probably right on market with these teams um, I think an under is a great play on Dallas right like I mean this is a team think about last year what were they twelve and five right um, and you know they had to win a game at mm -hmm. the Metrodome against Cooper Rush or with Cooper Rush against Kirk Cousins right that's like a classic meltdown. They got Washington uh, in one of Chris's games that was a, um, you know, where Washington was really COVID, you know, banged up with COVID. Um, you know, it, this isn't a team necessarily that's like an arm's length away from being a 10-win team, right? Even last year, what I think, you know, they had Cooper and they had Trayvon Diggs playing yep. as well as he did. Um, you even think about that New England game that went in, that New England game that went in overtime, like, New England probably should have won that game, right? In New England with Mac Jones playing so well. 
Uh, yeah, right. under's the only play here. I mean, um, maybe wait until the end of the offseason when all the Dallas public money has come in because, you know, that is one where you're going to get shaded over. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, yeah, that that's, that's a very clear uh, under for me. By the way, I was looking for this data while I was saying it, and I was able to find it. The Amari Cooper stuff. Um, 18 deep, deep, uh, deep attempts, 20 plus yards downfield, caught 10 of them. Um, that was tied for most on the team. CeeDee Lamb had 24 targets, 10 completions. Amari Cooper, when he threw the ball to Amari Cooper, Dak Prescott, had a 121 pass rating. Like that connection was really freaking good. And um, the fact that they had to get rid of Amari Cooper because they've paid and Lawrence Smith. and they've paid Ezekiel Elliott is and Jalen Smith is like when your team goes out and and hangs a banner because they're re-signing, you know, a first round pick at a non-premium position, like go think about the Dallas Cowboys. Um they if they had Amari Cooper, I'm not if the number were still 10 and a half, like I'm definitely a little scared about you know, I, I'm definitely not being excited about, about betting under, right? I'm not sure. I'm for sure going over. I'm not sure he moves the needle quite that much. Is he a full, you know, war player? No, not quite. But that's a that's a big jump, man. That's a big loss for a team that um, that honestly, even with him, like down the, the end of, towards the end of the season, the only teams that they looked good against were like the god awful Washington football team. It was not, it was not good uh, yeah, for them. We, we down, forget down the that they were the that, one team um, to lose to that last like, season. Free falling Arizona team, and they did it at home. You know, like mm-hmm. that, that was you know, right. it's been it wasn't a great finish yeah. for them. And it's honestly, a, in point. the playoff game against the Niners, that game was a lot closer than it needed to be. The Niners really kicked their ass. Like like that's you know that's it, it wasn't a good finish for them. Um, well, should toughness. we move on to the team that we disagreed about last year? A lot of toughness. Can we, can we, call the uh, we can, football we team can move year? on to because like, I feel like they'll always before. be the Washington football team to me. We keep it for one year. Commanders doesn't really roll. Sounds off like an time, XFL. Gotta, be, gotta be honest with you. Um, it does. It does. It sounds like a creative team name. The Washington Commanders uh, slash football team. Their total is seven and a half over is minus 120 under is plus 100 now i feel like the disagreement last year it's it you're you you won in terms of the outcome they stunk out loud last year i think it's a little unfair given that their quarterback you know who there was the really the crux of our disagreement was around i think ryan fitzpatrick like i i fully accepted the fact that their their defense was going to regress I thought Ryan Fitzpatrick was going to be decent, and obviously he broke like his back. So um, he's he uh, was unable to play, and Taylor Heineke was terrible. Neither so Ryan Fitzpatrick um, probably not you know uh, going to be as big a part of the discussion this year. Where are you at with Th- this team? This is actually team and that because I know um, I've been very critical of Carson Wentz in the past. Like I, you know. For, I, like my opinion on Carson yeah, Wentz, I think it's oscillated with the truth. Let's be honest. I I think that the 2017 Eagles Super Bowl mm-hmm. is a Carson Wentz Super Bowl. That dude got them to the one seed. The one seed was the reason they could beat the Falcons in the first round. And the Vikings were a bad road team in the playoffs that year. 
and they get to the playoffs and Nick Foles plays an amazing game and they win the Super Bowl. But Carson Wentz being the quarterback of that team was the reason they were in the one, right? And then last year I was like, mm-hmm. this guy's really hard to watch, right? And early on, like we were grading Carson Wentz really well. And I thought like you, they were getting some good outcomes that San Francisco Niners game that they won in the rain, notwithstanding. He was playing good football. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you had the Arizona game, which was ugly. And they still win that game outright. That was the Christmas week uh, game. Then, and there was a lot of COVID. There was a lot of like Quentin Nelson being out. There was a lot of just a lot of COVID. And they lost to the Raiders at home. And then they got killed by Jacksonville in week 18. And that team goes from being a nine and six football team favored to go basically 10 and seven, 11 and 11 and six. And they're out of the playoffs. And now Carson Wentz is gone. And I want us to take a step back and say, well, okay, but for two third-round picks, Carson Wentz is a pretty good acquisition, right? It's a lot better than Taylor Heineke. And and so I'm going to bring this back to my main reason for possibly liking the Washington Commanders this year. Their offensive and defensive lines are really good, okay? Washington, The Washington football team last year had one of the highest mm-hmm. rates of perfectly blocked run plays um, in the league. And, and Antonio Gibson, because of injury or ineffective play or just like oh, no. being new to the running back position, averaged five yards of carry on perfectly blocked runs. That was half as many as Jonathan Taylor did. So, like, their skill position guys were just not capitalizing <laughs> on good play by the guys in the trenches up front. Now, they do lose Brandon Sheriff, but you look at their offensive line with a PFF Elite subscription, and you still have Leno is an 80-graded guy. Norwell's kind of a high 60s guy. Roulier is a low 80s guy. Schweitzer's a, a high 70s guy. And Cosme is a 75. They're, they're a, a PFF offensive line. No shitty players on their offensive line. Defensive line, obviously, with Sweat and um, you know Chase Young and guy, and Deron Payne and guys that they've drafted high, they're going to be good up front there too. And again, that's kind mm. of the Eagles thing, right? Where you take good line play and competent quarterback play, which I think is the is the gamble with Wentz. Surround him with, I think, some athletes, which you have in McLaurin, you have in uh, Thomas, the tight end, you have in, in Gibson, presumably. And this team's floor is actually a lot higher than I think people believe. No, I agree with you. The floor, I think, is higher than people believe, um, sadly. Well, sadly. I, I... It's it's un it's unfortunate because there are a lot of really good players on this team. Terry McLaurin is one of the better receivers in the NFL, and he continues. We talk about um like how Allen Robinson has never had a decent quarterback throwing the football. Terry McLaurin is in that same spot, dude. I mean, this is this is uh, this is mean. Like free Terry McLaurin. Can Terry McLaurin go play anywhere else um, where there's a competent quarterback? Because Carson Wentz was woefully inaccurate last year, and that's what worries me. He was below average at every single depth uh, of the football field um, from an accuracy standpoint, and that is a problem because he played on a team. Actually, sorry, let me check that. He was above average throwing the ball 20-plus yards downfield. So on those like few attempts where he actually aired it out, he was slightly above average. He was woefully ab- below average every other depth of the football field. And that is obviously where the bulk of, of throws come. Um, that is worrisome because he was on a Colts team that really 
does the most, right? They had a good offensive line. They have a good scheme. Frank Reich, you know, puts the puts the numbers to work for him. And this was, I mean, he had the 20, Carson Wentz, the 25th best PFF grade from a clean pocket. This is not good. That's not great. And in a situation that's going to be, I think, slightly worse for him in Washington, even though, you know, they do have some good players, especially on the offensive line. They do have some players that played well there. Um, it worries me. And they have Terry McLaurin, and that's kind of it. Um, and, you know, to your point around Antonio Gibson, like why did Carson Wentz look good last year? It's because the, the Indianapolis Colts gained 10 yards every time they, they blocked it up for Jonathan Taylor. When it's half as many, you're going to have Carson Wentz in third down a lot more frequently than, than the Indianapolis Colts did. And um, it's not going to be good there. I think I would have to lean out of principle under in that situation. But maybe this is just yeah, us Yeah, this is one we have watched at 8.3. So I'm going to probably disagree just a little bit. Um, I look, I, I think that again, I, I think that this is just, you know, a, a fairly, this is a team with a, with a highish floor. And so I like them getting winning a, you know, they were a seven win team last year. I think that it gets better this year. Like, you know, one of the, what? once we move on to the giants, I think this will, you know, this is underscored. Like I think the quarterback play in Washington was horrendous. And what I think happens? people like Taylor Heineke as a guy. They liked the game against Tampa last yeah. year. And we sort of like our prior or our emotional standing towards him is that of positivity. But the guy was freaking awful last year. And they still Yep. Like No, he, he was. He, they had they had a travesty of a of a quarterback situation again. But here here's the thing, Eric. You think that Carson Wentz, first off, Carson Wentz stunk last year on a team that was good. You think he's going to one of the most cursed franchises in the NFL, and you think this yeah. dude is going to overcome that? It's a good like, question. I mean, my thing, I, my sorry. prior on I don't think so. is, look, in his, in his years as a quarterback in the league, rookie year was 7-9, second year was 13-3, third year was set 9-7, fourth year was 9-7, fifth year was the 4-12, and 12, but he got benched, you know, after the three, you know, 4-11-1, and one. and then last year was 9-8. and eight. Mm -hmm. Like, Wentz is bad again this is the mike mccarthy thing Wentz is bad relative to other guys that we think of as super bowl guys right Wentz has a super bowl ring and yet he's kind of bad but i don't think he's bad relative to taylor heineke that's my like i think mike mccarthy's bad relative to other super bowl winning head coaches but i don't think he's jason garrett like that's kind of my you know that's why i think maybe there's mm -hmm. some value on there's some value on fading the narratives that Mike McCarthy is terrible. And there's value on fading the narrative that Carson Wentz can't tie his shoes. Mm -hmm. Like that's kind of my, my, my thought process there. No, I think Carson Wentz can tie his, his hunting boots to that, go out that, and that, kill some that, elk in uh, North Camo Dakota. Sleeve up. I don't think he can. I don't think he's an accurate quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> he's not accurate. He's a, He's a. He, not, I'm gonna say something mean. He's not cool. He sucks. Like we've he's already not, established a, people who aren't cool. He's, not, like he's a, not cool. Good. He's not cool. He stinks as a leader. Um, like he's gonna get injured. Um, okay. Let's just, move on to no, the, the New York out. Football Sorry. Giants because I'm, I'm all out on him. Okay. Before we do, before we do, speaking of being all out on something, be all out 
on nice. hair in the wrong places that is not well manicured. And go to get Manscaped. Use promo code PFF at manscaped.com. Get 20% off plus free shipping on things you need this summer. I'm telling you, you need them. Because if you're going around this summer and you haven't trimmed yourself up from head to toe, not smelling good, don't have some good deodorant, your skin is not moisturized, it's going to be, a, it's going to be uh, bad. Everyone was at home with COVID, so everyone's bringing their A game out. Make sure you get the weed whacker, nose, ear, hair trimmer, along with the lawnmower 4.0, which we both use and extol the virtues of. And here's another thing. April's draft season, but it's also Testicular Cancer Awareness Month. Manscaped is partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection. And that is good because fuck cancer. Get 20% off and free shipping with promo code PFF at Manscaped and help do a little good while you're at it. Go to manscaped.com. Get yourself looking good for this summer. Okay. The New York football giants. They have the lowest win total by a half game. It is seven minus one ten on both sides. The Daniel Jones experiment. This is this is it. Yeah, but we We're make it find out 7. now, right? Nine, nine. Um, I think that here's the thing about the Giants. Joe Judge is that bad at head coach. Jason Garrett is that bad at offense coordinator. Um were I don't think people realize how how much going into a competent group can help them. Now, there's projection here clearly, right? And like I I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth, and you're saying, look, mm-hmm. just because Sean McVay is good doesn't mean Kevin O'Connell's good. Just because Sean McDermott's good doesn't mean mm-hmm. uh, Brian Dable's going to be good, right? But Brian Dable and is mm-hmm. the, is one of the engineers of an offense that started out with Josh Allen as very rough clay. And has made them, I mean, the Buffalo Bills are the favorite to make to win the Super Bowl this year, right? And and I think a lot of that is the you know the working around you know Josh Allen, right? And you know one of the things I, I showed um, on Twitter, if you look at you know perfectly blocked runs, you search that. I the Buffalo Bills had the first or second uh, highest expected perfectly blocked run rate, meaning they their scheme is such that you would expect them to have a high rate of perfectly blocked runs. A lot of that's the quarterback running. A lot of that's – but they don't have great offensive line in Buffalo. They have mm-hmm. okay offensive line. Fast forward that to the Giants. The Giants were actually above average in that last year with who they had. Andrew Thomas had a terrific year last year as a second-year tackle. Daniel Jones has some athleticism, right, to his detriment in some cases. And they have two picks in the top, in the top seven in the NFL draft. I think one of those is going to turn into a tackle, whether that be Evan Neal, Ikiakuanu, Charles Cross. I think, and then and then you go, Josh, you know, the, the GM as well from Buffalo, you know, building great teams, that kind of thing. This team is not as far away, I think, as public perception would would indicate. My. Um. Uh oh, did Eric freeze? I'm good. There was a little glitch there. You froze on me, but um, I I by and large agree with you. And I will say this, you know, all the things that you just said about the Washington Commanders slash football team, I kind of feel that way about the Giants. Like their situation last year was an abomination it was so bad their coaching was so bad it was it was awful it can't it just can't be that bad again 
I'm not sure I'm in on Brian Dable. I, I'm not sure. I think he may be like, you know, rich man's in a bad situation. He could be like rich man's Freddie Kitchens. Um, that's obviously me uh, just saying that he kind of looks like him and probably drives a, a big truck. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's bad. But but the, like he could be he could be really bad and be way better than Joe Judge. And I don't think he's going to be really bad. I don't. Um, and there were some things about that. I mean, not some things. All the things about their offense last year stunk. It was awful. And they had so many injuries. They had a malady of injuries at, at receiver. Obviously, Daniel Jones got hurt himself. Um, and you have those two picks in the top uh, seven. Do I think those picks are immediately going to come in and contribute? Well, it's the, you know in the draft, we've talked about this a lot. Sometimes it's you're you're not going to get that immediate return on investment, but you have two shots at that. You know you have two shots at getting a player that comes in and actually makes a difference, whether it be a tackle, whether it be Sauce Gardner, whether they you know trade down potentially if someone is trying to jump the you know I think this is interesting. Is someone going to try and jump the Panthers if if Malik Willis drops right and and you know could they get some extra value there and acquire some some players? But Daniel Jones despite all of that shit last year, was the 20th highest graded quarterback in the NFL. And this is the thing that you've talked about a lot that I will bring up here. He was 32nd in the NFL in big-time throw rate. Big-time throw rate is different than turnover-worthy plays and negative and negative throws, negatively graded plays, because you need opportunities to make them. <laughs> like, the best quarterback in a shitty offense with someone that has no idea what they're doing like they can't just make big time throws happen, right? Because players have to be, you know, open in positions where you can throw the ball down the football field, and that just wasn't happening. So I think that happens this year, and like this is the team that I would go over relative, you know, if you talk about these two bad teams in this division, the Commanders and the Giants. Like give me the Giants um, every single day of the week and twice on Sunday. And that's that's partially a fade on um, Carson Wentz, but it's also a look. The Giants last year had one of the worst situations. In the, the, NFL, the loss that I'm nervous about is Patrick Graham. I actually did think Patrick Graham was a good off defensive coordinator. They do lose Jabril Peppers. Um, they're going to need some. They're going to need some play, and they're probably going to lose Bradbury because they can't afford him under the salary cap. Um, when they want to pay their 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 picks, right? So mm -hmm. they're going to need probably. I mean, I think Sauce Gardner. You look right now at his draft prop at seven and a half. That's clearly saying, hey, we think we're he's going to the Giants, right? And um, so you know, but you pair him with the Dory Jackson, who had a pretty good year last year. Uh, Xavier McKinney from Alabama is a, a pretty good um, you know defensive back. Uh, Blake Martinez is okay at linebacker, and then you have two stud defensive tackles in Leonard Williams and Demarcus Lawrence. You need Aziz Ojolari to play well, right? Like, you need him, second-round pick, to have a good year and step yeah. up. But this team is not that far away. Easy schedule, you know, bad division. Um, Daniel Jones, to me, has a possibility of, uh, of emerging, and not necessarily being a star, but being a winnable quarterback in 2022. Speaking of winnable quarterbacks, George... Let's talk about yes. some objections from our listeners who were angry about Let's do it. how Let's I talked about Derek Carr. So for one, here's just here's the first one. Um, and this is King of Kings uh 0404 
nine two mm. um an apt name i think for today uh, by the way these are from these are from the king of kings of of commentary correct. which is YouTube comparing car to Tannehill and cousins is pathetic the, yes okay um apparently mm. and i was thought i was being i mean uh analytics though dot 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 i mean at least they worked out for staley last year so a couple digs here you know mm. For one, I think it'd be funny to ask Titans and Vikings fans by the way, like, thank if they you would for be offended by commentary. comparing their quarterback to Carr. But Raiders fans, a, a thematic consistency mm. in this Agreed. discussion of the Raiders was how offensive it was to compare Derek Carr to Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, by the way, what like I think he's like eighth in war in the NFL since 2018 or whatever. Like a very good quarterback. And mm -hmm. I think he's in Carr's class. I think to I think to assume cars better than him by a country oh, mile is. to the point where then you take a swipe at analytics at the end uh, is pretty interesting. So that that one I found what was a, an interesting take there. Carr uh, was worth about two tenths of a win less than Kirk Cousins last year. Can we, and can about we just do this? Three tenths of a win less uh, than Ryan Tannehill. Um, the Colts are better than the Raiders. That's where I turned it off. Who would you who would you rather have though? Be hold on. listening to this stooge again. Um, and that was from Ryan Stone. I, I'm, I put the D at the end of his name, uh, just for effect. Um, but Ryan Stone here says Colts are better mm. than the Raiders. That's what I turned it off. I won't be listening. Can you tell me a position group other, can you tell me a position group where the Colts are worse than the Raiders? Wide receivers one. I mean, the, the, um, now, now it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, um, I would say, I would say quarterback. Do you, you think know, Carr is better slightly. than this version um, of Matt Ryan? I guess defensive line. Okay, That's fair. Yeah. Um, and, and for what it's worth, for what it's worth, like I would take Derek Carr over Kirk Cousins, not because ever so slightly, ever so slightly. And the reason being is that Derek Carr does not suck as much as Kirk Cousins sucks. And like, if you need him, yeah. if you Kirk need your Cousins team to believe cool. in someone, Derek like, give me Derek Carr, so, I think. In some people's set, eyes, Derek Carr is cool. At least, Derek Carr isn't cool either, but Derek Carr isn't, um, yeah. isn't like Okay, so here's another hell, one. I guess, if that makes um, sense. Um, this one, it, 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 hits that, it hits at me a little bit. Eric's ability to bend backwards uh, mm. to say how the Chiefs are perfectly building every year. A lot year. of bend. He's objectively analyzing all 31 other teams, mm. um, but he's a, a full-blown diehard homer with the Chiefs, LOL. Okay, I'm just going to say this. I know it, I know it makes you cringe, so I, I, I'm going to be mindful of my friendship with you, but I'm just going to say this right now. The Chiefs have won six consecutive AFC West mm. titles. They've made the playoffs seven straight years, which is the longest – in the, in the longest streak in the league. They've hosted four goddamn AFC Championship games in a row. They've made two Super Bowls in the last three years, and they've won a Super Bowl. If you, like, Look, I am being objective. If you're a Raiders fan and you want me to stop talking about the Chiefs, win the fucking division for the first time since 2002. I'm sorry. You had a negative <laughs> point differential last year, and then you lost to the Bengals. You were the first team to lose a, a playoff game to the Bengals in 30 years. Don't come at me with this high, mighty stuff. This is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Okay, do I like the Chiefs? Yes, I do. But they're likable, okay? 
all I'm saying. Well, that's your opinion. Um, I found this one to be uh, exciting. This was from the Stackanova. The same things you're saying about Derek Carr and the Raiders um, ceiling. You said almost the exact same thing about Matt Stafford and the Rams last season. It was, quote, what's the point when they'll only be marginally better and still won't win a Super Bowl? Then the Rams won the Super Bowl. You forget what you said. Say the same things about the Raiders. Matt Stafford is a similar QB to Derek Carr. Um, first off. Actually, I'm not even going to say first off. That's just amazing. <laughs> um, the Raiders and the Rams entering. So the, the comparison is, is ridiculous. The Rams were a much, 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 much better team. The Rams have two of the best non-quarterbacks in the entire three, actually, sorry, of the of the best non-quarterbacks in the NFL. Now, the Raiders do have Devontae Adams now, um, but they don't have Aaron Donald. They don't have Jalen Ramsey. Um, they're not they're not going to have Von Miller here. Uh, they don't have Robert Woods. Um, that that is a little ridiculous. But this is the question that I have for you, Matt Stafford, similar to no. By the QB way, the Derek Raiders. Are How do you feel about Thirty-five that? to one to win the Super Bowl, six to one to win their own division, and have a win total of eight and a half. The Rams at this time last year had, I mean, our reference point for the Raiders is what's the point? You're not even going to make the playoffs, right? Whereas the last year, the Rams were favored to win their own division, mm -hmm. were something like 14 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, and, you know, were, uh, you know, win total of like 10, 10 and a half. So these, these two teams aren't even close to being the same. Mm -hmm. Again, mm -hmm. the, the, stop, you know, and again, we were wrong about the Rams. That's, a, you know, that's, that's the thing. Uh, we have to be three times as wrong about the Raiders for them to win the Super Bowl. Let's be quite honest here. Um, I think Carr is in the – I think Cousins is in the very, like, tool – sorry, not Cousins. Stafford. Uh, here's my, uh, my, my Freudian here. Stafford is a high-variance version of the tier that Carr's in. Carr is a very consistent, very good quarterback without the ceiling that Stafford has. I think their averages are similar. I think that's fair. Yes. I, I think that's the right way to put it, right? The ceilings, this throws that Matt Staff, the high-end throws that Matt Stafford makes, Derek Carr does not Lastly, make as, uh, nearly as I frequently. don't understand Eric's um, logic here. Okay. There are um, not quarterbacks better than Carr yes. available. You don't just roll over and quit because the division is good. Well, for one, the Raiders, if you unpack the contract, which we hadn't at the time, I don't think that's what the we're Raiders asking are basically them to do, doing right? what I'm suggesting, which is to play it year to year yeah. with Carr. Like, that's exactly what it is. But again, everything has a price. Yeah. You don't need to find a quarterback better than Carr to be a better team. You need to find a quarterback who, who cost benefit analysis is better than Carr's. And if Carr's making now, he's not. But if he were making thirty-five to forty million dollars a year, that's just not. That's not our positive expected value. If he's making twenty-five, it's probably even. And the problem with it, a guy who's even is that every other position then has to be plus EV. And we know the Raiders can't. They haven't drafted well in years. And like it's not, you know. So you can. And that was the whole thing with the Rams. Stafford was probably just strictly EV this year, right? He was basically played up to his salary, maybe a little less if you count the dead money on golf and stuff like that, but everybody else was positive EV around him. And that's how you win a Super Bowl. Yeah, and then I and you could argue, you could argue that Stafford in the playoffs or in, you know, in situations where you needed him was plus EV in in 
you know, this in this past season, right? Where he like, right? You saw the high end yeah, of his variance I mean, and when then you, you see the late happen, like December game, uh, January game, where he threw three interceptions in Minnesota and they barely won because of a punt return. And the game they won by one against the Ravens, who were starting Brett Hundley. Like the thing wasn't perfect uh, with respect to to Stafford last year either. And and again, the rest of the roster sort of made up for it. Uh, I, I'm I'm thinking here um, again. The the funniest thing is, you know, if you're new to listening to the show, just take some time, try to understand our point of view. I think the the majority of issues I have with comments are when they don't even properly discuss our point of view right our point of view is not that car sucks it's not that the raiders have no chance it's like we're just wondering like why would you do what you do for the chance that you're supposedly getting here yeah i just hope everyone knows that you still love them i don't know if that came through and in all that (laughs) um especially on i mean look uh more than saying forgiveness on easter something that you sorry (laughs) um all right uh do we want to close out so just a a little bit of a a a push here um there are gonna be the text analytics articles are coming out for me and ben brown um we have desmond ritter first which is gonna make all the scout people happy but that's exactly where the data is being derived go to pff.com use the you should have you should have you should check out that that analytics stuff let's talk about ball sack or just whack here you gotta you we gotta work on eric Eric, we got to work on that tease a little bit. Well, the, the Texas Analytics article work had on Jalen Hurts as one of the best quarterbacks <laughs> in his class. It, it compared him to Deshaun Watson. That's I true. I think it compared the good parts of and, him and to the Deshaun comparisons. Watson, not the, the parts that we've discussed at length recently here. Um, so, again, it's another one. We're using Dane Brugler's <laughs> The Athletic um, scouting reports, and we're using some latent semantic analysis to sort of look at and it does a really good job of stacking who's going to get drafted where. Um, if you're holding on to a Desmond Ritter 40 to 1 ticket to be first quarterback overall, that's now 10 to 1. You know, congratulations to the syndicate members who did that. Um, but uh, but even, you know, it has Willis second. I'm just going to give that away too. So um, I think it's going it, to, it, it sort of um, foreshadows the <laughs> fall for Kenny Pickett as well. So that's kind of interesting. Um, moving on. Small hands, Kenny. Yeah, go ch- check. This is one of my favorite. Um, this is one of my favorite things that we do every year, and one of the reasons for that is it's a mathematical way of weighing all the things that people love, which is you know the the scouts analysis, and like I think uh, that's why it's so cool to to check out. So it's going to be one of the first things that I read um, tomorrow. Okay, and so let's should go. Let's get to this one. This is well. okay. Desmond Ritter is intriguing to me because he's so advanced. When it comes to quarterbacking compared to the other guys in the draft. Uh, who said this apparently? Who supposedly said this? Does it have a quote? Uh, this sounds like something Dan would say. Um, yeah, this was. Sincere. I'm going to say this is actually and Dan Orlowski. Again, not that I don't like Desmond Ritter. Yep. I think Desmond Ritter's fine. But none of these quarterbacks in this draft, including Malik Willis, including Kenny Pickett, are in the credible interval with the top four guys last year. Mac Jones, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields. So 
I kind of like this idea that a quarterback's advanced in this draft kind of irritates me. The one time we got to see Des Ritter last year against a SEC team, every single ball was batted down, it felt like. So how advanced could he be if he's like his processing is not that quick? Um, that's an interesting one. Okay. Next mm-hmm. one. The picture here, again, this man mean mugging the crowd. LeBron James drops 41, 45 in game one of the Battle of the Cancun. 45 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists. Year 20, <laughs> Lakers take game one over the Clippers. Mean mug. LeBron James. Incredible. If you fell for that, if you fell for that, you get um, you just get banned from the internet. That's one where if you send it to like your your dad who just hates LeBron, he um, right he sees it and like loses his mind. So that's ball sack. But, like, All right, last real. one. Yeah, that's uh, that's good. Not, not well done one. by ball sack. This there. is. Has there ever been a deal that upset the market like the Jaguars Christian Kirk contract? Will it really force a first-round run on wide receivers so teams can find cheaper labor? Will smart teams adjust by designing more creative running back passes concepts? Do teams react by drafting more pass-catching tight ends? This is Jim Nagy of the Senior Bowl. Uh, the guys, this is, this real, has to be something like, Jim Nagy said. Uh, look, <laughs> do, how much do we have to do this? If a running back could catch passes as well as a wide receiver, he'd be a wide receiver. George, how many tight ends in the NFL are good? It's like six at most. If there were more good tight ends, there would be in the league. We're not, there's not a button. Like 20 years ago, there were 10 good tight ends. There were 12 good tight ends, right? You played fantasy football. Like uh, Brandon Myers was catching 75 balls. But like, there isn't some button to push. There aren't these, like, there's only three guys that play tight end for Iowa. They're all going to get drafted. You're out like, there aren't good tight ends. This, you don't push this button anymore. I don't know. It makes me mad. Like, that, this tweet made me mad. That one was so, that one was so easy. That one was so easy because I can just, li- I, yeah, that, that was, um, that was definitely, definitely a football take right there. Um, by the way, Speaking of other sports, Kevin Durant is having like the worst game of his life right now, and they're down ten. And uh, oh, I'm probably gonna lie about the game. We have the second, <laughs> we have the second USFL game of the day starting here. Uh, it's it, it'll surprise no one that it's third and long. Let's go. That's just how the, that's they should just get rid of first and second down, and start the game with third and long. Um, start every series with third and long. That'd be fantastic. Um, that was our show. Uh, we thank you all for hanging out with us. Make sure you check out the text analytics stuff. We'll talk about it a little bit more on Wednesday, but you can read about it starting tomorrow and make use of that promo code. We will see you on Wednesday. Peace.